Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. Hello and welcome. Today I have on Sarah. Do you go by McKay or Robinson? Both. I've yeah. Most people know me as Sarah Mac or just yep. Mac. Sarah Mac Robinson works. (laughs) We met each other. Like I actually physically know you. We met each other in 2011. I had to go back and check because I could not believe it's been 11 years. It was at a women's retreat up in Kingston, Washington. It's the best money I've ever spent on myself. So I, I had a conversation with my husband the other day because we got a stand up paddleboard. He's like, when have you stand up, done stand up paddleboarding? And I was like, I have pictures from this retreat. Um, we met there and you were working for Wassell, which is an all women's running apparel. And they were one of the sponsors, I guess, of the retreat because we got to try out all this gear and use it. And I've been a Wassell lover forever, although that's a separate conversation for you and I, I think. But we met there and you were so cute and so young and didn't have kids and weren't married. And I adored and I've kept in touch in the sense that I followed you for the last 11 years. And I followed you for the last 11 years. So, yes. Now, I know you got married since then and you've had two kids. So bridge the gap in 11 years from when you were single and carefree. Oh my God. Have I ever been carefree? (laughs) Maybe not. I wish I had that personality. I should have been. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we met there. I still remember that. And not only did we stand up paddleboard, I think we did yoga on the stand up paddleboard. We did. Which was like, sorry, zero to 60. Yeah. Um, Oh, welcome to stand up paddleboard. Why don't you do a plank on it? I was just like, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I, so I worked for Wazelle then, I was in their marketing department, grew in that job for a long time, um, so 2011, I think I got yeah. married in 2012, yeah. had our first kid, 2014, Penelope, a girl in August, a very, she's a real Leo, she's <laughs> total freak, um, and then had our second baby in 2018. So they're four years apart. Um, they are four years apart because I, after having that first one, it floored me. <laughs> um, it was everyone, you know, kind of prepared me. Um, here's what I'll say. Even seven years ago, people aren't talking about the things they're talking about now, or if they were, I wasn't hearing the conversation and it wasn't as public, but now with podcasts and Instagram being as, you know, not just three filters and whatever it used to be, whatever I think about reels, we'll keep that out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there was, um, a lot behind the scenes. If you didn't hear it from your mom's friend or your mom, or an older friend, you didn't quite know about it. However, I was lucky to have like people that were already moms. So even that retreat, I just remember, I love learning from people. So I just listen in like what's really going on. Um, what's, what are we not seeing? But yeah, I swear to God that first year brought me (laughs) to my knees, (laughs) but I made it. Um, but yeah, definitely there's a four year gap. I thought I wanted my kids two years apart. Bam, bam. I didn't realize what two years apart really looks like two years apart means you're barely recovered from postpartum 
from that first year and you're already pregnant again, basically. So hats off to people with kids closer than four years. <laughs> and I was the opposite. I mean, like I wanted my kids close together. I loved them close together. I, you're right though, your body, even if you have a natural e easy childbirth, <laughs> when you hit the one year mark, you're taking your first breath, right? Your first yes. deep breath yes. and then you're pregnant. A hundred percent true. I, I do want to touch base on going back to who you were as an athlete. Like you were a working woman and you loved that and you were an elite mm -hmm. athlete. And so most of us runners, like all of us women on the retreat, you know, my goal at that point, I, I, my half marathon time was a 147 and my goal was to do sub 145. Like that's not an elite. I'm never going to go pro or be an elite athlete. And so we're just normal people doing normal running and you are an exceptional athlete. So what, what were you doing before having kids? Because that's a huge part of what changed in your life. The other thing I want to talk about is that, and I, I want to see your opinion, mm -hmm. even if you hadn't had a baby and you called me and said, Jen, I want you to tell me everything. And I'm like, your hips are going to spread two or three inches and never go back. Like your body's going to change. You're never going to feel the same. It will feel like they put you in a new body and you've kind of got to get used to it. Like some things are the same and some things are never the same. Um, what breastfeeding is like, like if I had really given you graphic in-depth details of everything and the love that you feel for that child when it's born, Mm -hmm. Would you like, you can't get it till you do it. No. Yes. Right. And I think I do want to go back because I hear this from new moms all the time. They're like, nobody's talking about this. And I'm like, I've been talking about this. Right. You don't but get you it. Can't, you can't hear it or like right. really absorb it until you're in it. And then it is funny because it is cyclical. And I know what you're saying where people are like, nobody ever told me. I'm like, we've been trying to also, <laughs> we're, we're trying not to be, it's hard when you talk about something hard, you don't want to be a downer. Right. But I, I do actually remember. So Sarah Lesko as part of Wazell, I do remember yeah. her saying, you will not get your body back. You won't feel like yourself for 12 whole months after the right. baby. And I was, or, and then Sally countered and she goes, the owner of Wazell, she goes, I say two years. And I was like, what? Right. No. I was like, right. right. I was like, that's you guys. To help me if that wasn't the truth. Not till two years did I go, oh, I feel like myself again. Right. It really does take longer. And again, I know what you're saying. I do think, so hey, if you're listening and you're preggers, bookmark it. You'll feel right. it later. But that's okay because everyone has to go through it themselves. And they ha it's like we're all very hands-on learners maybe. <laughs> and if there's like a list of 100 side effects to pregnancy, you don't know which 20 you're going to get. Or hey, like insert totally. here, right? Yes. Like, I love that you're talking a lot about postpartum depression. I never experienced it. I can't talk about it. And Not I from a personal for, sense. For me, it wasn't even postpartum depression. And I will say I'm so lucky because it was with my second that I finally had a name for it. I didn't have postpartum depression as much as I had postpartum anxiety. So everyone was like, you know, you're going to be anxious. You worry about the baby. If we're down here, I was up here, like freaking out. Worst case scenario, every second could barely get a breath, was touching my baby's chest all night. Are they breathing? Are they breathing? Am I breathing? Like was just vibrating on this level that was like 
unsustainable. And I thought in the back of my head, I go, this is normal. This is what women have been talking about. You get a little bit anxious. Finally, with my second, when it really reached a pitch and maybe I had the name for it better, did I medicate? And it was like, I was even too anxious. I just talked to girlfriend through this. who just had her first baby and she was afraid to start Zoloft. And I go, when you're so anxious that someone hands you anti-anxiety medication and says, okay, well, just start it. And you're, you're too anxious to start the medication. You're in this cyclical, I go, girl, just start it. And if in four weeks you hate it, then you can get off of it. But right now, when you're so anxious, how it manifested for me and how I see it manifest for other moms is hypervigilance, like really keyed up, but also just really unable to make very simple decisions, which I think also is common because you're sleep deprived, right. et cetera. But it's right. on like another level that now that I've been at it and then have medicated and come down to like maybe a more human level, I realized that I was way keyed up way higher than I needed to be. It wasn't, it, a, it wasn't helpful to my babies and it right. wasn't helpful to me or my marriage. It was like too much. Yeah. Jump into your the you being an athlete before kids, and then tell me oh, about yeah. your first birth experience and how that went, and your and you waited the four years, and then your second one. So okay. first of all, you're an athlete. You're an elite athlete. Tell us about that. I was climbing back up, so I um, was a really good athlete young. I was a prodigy. You're a prodigy because nobody's practicing. So if you are naturally good at something, you're going to be up ahead, etc. I did go to a D1 school, ran cross country and track, did not um, perform really well, broke my back in college. That's a whole different story, but also plays into the birth. <laughs> broke four vertebrae in my back and kind of thought like, I don't, I'm not going to run professionally after college. Also, there wasn't a lot of programs for that as there are now, like there wasn't like sub elites and elites and there wasn't like building blocks, like how I see um, have really progressed in women's sports, especially like men were like, oh yeah, I'm going to go pro afterwards and women were kind of like okay I'm done like it was very strange um anyway so after college took a little bit of a break found Wazelle got inspired again felt like I'd taken that mental break and found that love again and started back up and I really wanted to make the Olympic trials mm -hmm. um both my parents had gone for that and neither one had hit the time on the right year and then there's always this story which want want then I was a surprise baby and they both stopped running so ah. talk about carrying around some ancestral friggin' pressure. Um, right. But I also needed to find it for myself. And by the time I did accomplish that, it was very much for me. I felt proud to do it for my family, but it was like not for them anymore. Um, okay. So Chicago 2013 was going to be my last attempt. I, I had tried to work my way up different coaches, different blocks right. to make the trial standard the trial standard at that time was 247 cross the line after chicago very underweight very overtrained at like a 249 i think or a 248 and the deal with my husband it was we we're throwing away the birth control and we'd start trying um i literally tossed my birth control in the airbnb we were staying at in chicago post finish line and we were pregnant and you didn't month. make the trial I didn't make the trials that time pregnant in a month. And I thought that's my last, right. <laughs> I didn't think I thought I was like, well, it'll take us a year. Surprise. <laughs> I don't know how, but sorry, I'm 
and thank God, I mean, fertility issues, what another whole thing to, I'm sure you guys have talked about on this. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, we did not have those. Um, so yeah, Penelope was born. So anyway, the pregnancy, I'll try to skim through it. First of all, I'll, I'll do some high points, some low points. First of all, I found out I was pregnant after club cross country nationals in Bend where I had drank that in a hot tub. I'm trying to think of the third thing I did that you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant, but I was like, got home and took a pregnancy test and was pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, exciting. So excited. Um, I fired a, my first OB because she told me to stop gaining weight. And I had come in what I would consider severely underweight. I'm five, nine. And I was whatever, if we don't need to get into numbers, we don't need to, but I was very thin. Right. And, um, I was just like, no, you're not listening to me because I want, I, my body knows what it's doing. So I really was on the trust my body. So I fired her, went to midwives, mm -hmm. um, and really, oh girl, I wanted to have transcendent, perfect, natural bathtub, candles, angel singing birth. I did not have that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so according to plan, you should have seen my birth plan. I was like, I'm this and that, and I know pain, and I can do it. There is no well, pain. Like no, but no, and you can do it. I mean, I thought yes. I've had like the average labor is 24 hours first labor. I'm like, I've had miserable days, really, really bad days, 24 hour period. And I've never gotten the reward of somebody handing me my child at the end and of actually, a hard day. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like we can get yes. through it if we, if that's really important. And if your body's cooperating, I think of, and I had to work through a lot of emotional baggage after Penelope. So really quickly, her birth story. So I was with midwives, but they worked in a hospital, which I actually liked. I was kind of like, I liked that we were right there. Mm -hmm. um, my water broke and then nothing happened. Just nothing happened. So, you know, maybe if I, no, I, I won't therapy, baby. I've been through a lot um, of it because I beat myself up over this, but essentially my water broke. So I was like, well, we should go to the hospital. Right. Right. Then we were hostage there. Um, my husband's very play by the rules. And he's like, we have to stay in the room. I was like, fuck this. I like walked to the Seven Eleven. I was walking up and down the street. I was just trying to get labor started, walking up and down the stairs, doing the curb thing. I just was like, I want, I need to get this going because if I don't, they're going to hook me up to Pitocin. Yep. And then I know how that goes because I watched the dumb Ricky Lake documentary that was so hot that year, which was all about how to try to advocate for the birth that you want, which I think whatever was heavy handed, but I did really want to try to get it going naturally. It just wasn't happening. I mean, I'm talking, we got a breast pump out. Yep. <laughs> all the stem we did all the things nothing my body was just like no we're not into it so eventually I think I waited held them off for 24 hours but they got the Pitocin going and then that kicked everything up the Pitocin got whatever the, the contractions going then my body kicked in so I was having like contraction contraction like there was no down it was just like felt like I was on I just, I couldn't manage it. There was no breath technique. There was nothing I could 
could do for it. So I got an epidural, which paralyzed me. Like I know some epidurals, people can move their legs and stuff. I was, it was a shutdown, lockdown, could not move, wiggle my own toes. So it just felt like demoralized already. Um, blah, blah, blah. Eventually I was very sick. She was very sick. Penelope was in, you know, we didn't know that till she came, arrived, but they're like, listen, we could wait another 12 hours until your fever is at like 105 or we could get this baby out. And I was like, okay, let's go. So C-section um, and like arms strapped. Luckily I was awake. I know there's like worse scenarios, but like hold, I couldn't hold her for the first time. I was all drugged up and just like was the opposite of what I had imagined everything to be. Um, and then they hooked up her up to antibiotics right away. So not only did she not go through the vaginal canal, which I was like, so about, you know, for all those yeah, good 100%. probiotics and all that goodness. She not only skipped that, she was immediately hooked up to an, a heavy antibiotic as an infant. I was just like, oh, but again, modern medicine, like she's healthy, she's happy, she's here just took a long time for me to not as an elite athlete it was also a pride point like I didn't manifest my birth and like I wasn't tough enough and like I kept playing these scenarios of like I'm a wimp I didn't do it right and I'm none of that's true there's probably things I would have done differently but at the end of the day it's like you're doing your best (laughs) so that was tough for me um she's a uh, highly sensitive person I've come to realize, which is not a clinical term, but she's very keyed up. She's very sensitive. Um, so even as a baby, she just couldn't sleep. She couldn't like relax herself. It was, and then for me, I was really anxious. So we're both just like, mm-hmm, no sleep, just bonkers. Anyway, I don't know how much of that. I mean, she was, that's all good stuff and bad stuff. But yeah, we didn't sleep for the whole first year. And my quick story there of like, again, people are like, you're going to be sleep deprived. I didn't know when to call it. We were too far. I remember a meeting that I was running at Wazelle and I don't think I've ever publicly told the story. So sorry, marketing team, but I was looking down that table and I was hallucinating to the point that the table was going like this. That's how tired I was but I was still standing and giving a presentation about our marketing plan because I just kept pushing through way past the point of needing to call for help and get some sleep and get on anti-anxiety medication, honestly. Yeah. Right. So, and the C-section, where... I mean, so healing from a natural vaginal childbirth is, there's a lot, right? Healing from mm-hmm. a C-section is a, is an entirely different animal. So you're mm-hmm. this elite athlete that you didn't give up the dream entirely, even though that was your last trial, right? But your body's going I to- I came back ch- when, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, so you go ahead. So like, talk about, you, you know, your body's healing, you're totally sleep deprived to the point of hallucinations, you've got postpartum anxiety that's gone unchecked and un, like, n- nobody even knows, right, that that's going on. You don't know, you're not, you I don't, don't even know. know, right, like, you don't know when to ask for help or what, of course, it's going to affect your marriage, it's going to affect every relationship. And so take us from there to the second birth and the the athlete stuff and the healing of your body before you got pregnant the second time. Yeah. So weirdly, and I don't know, it's just adrenaline or what, but something so funny about a C-section and I've had to spoiler. Um, 
my body healed really well from it. And Good. I think it's just, there's so much else going on for me and that I was lucky in that way. Um, but I just, I, it didn't feel like I'd had a major surgery. It felt like I'd had nothing done. I was like up and walking around within a week, like totally fine. Carrying my baby off any pain medication, like was just taking Advil just bonkers like I think your body is just so hopped up because it Mm -hmm. needs to take care of something although of course I've heard of situations where you can get an infection and there's all these complications afterwards but for me very it was the best of the worst case right healed really well right super great healing um that would be my perception too in watching you like you went through this having a baby having it be an emergency c-section being sick Mm -hmm. and then like she's back. So from the outside world, you were doing great. Yes. I also just, and it's funny. I don't know if, I don't think I'm less tough now. I think it's actually harder to ask for rest and ask for help for me. So in that case with Penelope, I really was pushing through, but I also had one kid. So I was managing it. Like I could manage it at that level. And I knew how to, I don't require a lot of sleep. I'm a kind of freaky person, um, et cetera. The healing was tough, breastfed her for a year, no, 18 months, maybe almost two years, worked full time. I think we we'll don't have to get into what was maternity policy. I hope it's improved. Um, it could get, you know, but I had the standard, like the typical standard off, um, started running again recreationally, and then started to realize that I still cared. Like I think, and that's what you're talking about uh, earlier of like yeah. that what you think is going to be. So I remember telling people I'm pregnant and they're like, you're probably not even going to want to go back to work. You're probably going to want to do this. I knew myself well enough that I did. I really, really, my mom was a stay at home mom. And I respect that a great deal because it's harder than going back to work. I remember getting back to work my first day and I cried, cried and cried and cried up to it. I wish that I had had more time. But when I sat down at my computer the problems that were in front of me made sense and they were solvable and they had ends and, and edges to them. The problems you're solving as, as a mom or a stay at home mom have no edges, no ends, no beginnings, no logic to them. So it was so, I mean, listen, love being with my kids, but that is some hard, really deep work. (laughs) That I was honestly relieved to get, I was dreading it. But once I hit that computer, I was like, I get these problems. I understand how to do this. And that was, I think, really helpful too, to have that space. And then again, running, I understood those problems. I understood that ramp up. And here's where, here's where mom support comes in. And here's actually where the fire got back into me in a real way is that we had our Wazelle holiday party. I was six months-ish postpartum, maybe five not sleeping, wrecked out, just wrecked out. And Steph Bruce, who's a badass, cornered me. She used to be one of her athletes. And she was like, why aren't you training? And I was like, I had my kids and done. She was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't accept. Let's do this. I get teary. And she just was like, we're doing this. Writing you a plan, sending it to your inbox. Let's go. And we made the trials in a year. And she coached me 12 what? months, right? I was so proud like, of you. And I like just had put that off the table for me. And she was mm-hmm. just like, and I think that's what you need in a mom friend that goes, no, no, honey, right. let's do this. But in a gentle way, 
if anything, I'd be like, I can, I can run today. I only slept two hours last night, but I could go, nope, workouts off, kick up your feet. She held me in this way that year that just like put me back together and like running helped so much. Yeah. Find myself yep. again. Yeah. Yeah. So you made the Olympic trials. Yeah. With an 18 month old, not even, she wasn't even 18 months old. Did you post stuff about taking breaks to breastfeed, like taking running breaks to breastfeed? Was that you? Ooh, I could do my long runs without a breastfeed break. Okay. Okay. So that, okay. Okay. Not me. So, okay. I couldn't remember. Cause I mean, yeah, it's so, but it's hard to train. There are women that are doing that. Like you're stopping to breastfeed your baby real quick in the middle of a trial. Like it's, there's yeah. a lot juggling. I think the point is like you're juggling full-time work, a marriage, training for <laughs> the Olympics. off the table, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, there's so, there's so many things you're juggling and you made the Olympic trials in there while still breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yay. So mm-hmm. how did that change? What happened? Move us forward until the second pregnancy. So let's see. So trials went off. That would have been, who knows, 2015, 2016 was the trials. 2016. So I got pregnant within the next two years. What, yeah. what happened after the trials was I had like the second, what I called a faux pro, fake pro career mm-hmm. where I got to run. I got to check off bucket list items that I hadn't even put on a list. I ran in the professional field of the New York city marathon. Like I, I just got to do these crazy dreams that I'd never even thought to dream to ride the bus over with the professionals, the people that won the New York city marathon, like, sorry. I was well above my pay grade and loving it. Like I just wanted to, I think it was partly that I knew what I was, what the sacrifice was going to be for the second. And I knew that I also, because I've said the thing about my parents not making the trials. I also had this voice in me that said, check some stuff off and don't bring it to the next child. Like it just had this feeling of like I was on a roll and it felt good. And I knew I would eventually come to the end of that in a really natural way, but that I would um, always feel lingering, almost not resentment, but just like a lingering unfinished business that I was like really done having. Like I was like, I really wanted to just put that, away in a way that I felt good here's what's funny about that so with the first kid I was like I'm never coming back to running with the second kid I thought I was going to make this great comeback again and have continued bucket list items and I'm still not back to where I was the second kid really floored me in a different way um which which I feel fine about but it's like it is just every kid is totally different and every way that you deal with it is different um yeah, like after, so the trials too, after that, I went freelance. So I've worked for myself for the past five years, mm-hmm. um, which has its ups and downs. The downs are tax season. I'm a floundering <laughs> idiot. Yes. I'm like, where are all my receipts now? <laughs> Where's that shoebox? <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Like you left Wassell and you started doing your own thing. That, so that happened in there too. Yeah. So just like a lot of change. Um so with Desmond and, and let's to be very real, but without, without my husband, ex-husband's very private person, 
it was a huge struggle in our marriage. Like, I think I'd also gone through these incredible, like, um, and very intense periods of growth internally. Um, and we found ourselves in completely different places. Like, so with the second kid, it was kind of like, we'd gone through some hard stuff together. We were ready to keep making it work. And I knew I wanted them to have a sibling because I wanted Penelope to have a sibling in the way that I don't know where I'd be without my siblings. I know that maybe yeah. it's a bit selfish, but it's like, Hey, I want them to sit around and have coffee in Paris when they're older and talk shit about me. Like I, they're the only people that are going to go through the family together and God willing, they grow old together and are friends. Um, and I knew I wasn't done having kids. I really loved, I love, you know, I wanted to have, I don't know what drives you to have kids. God, somebody psychoanalyzed me there. But anyway, I just knew I wanted to have another one. So we did. We had Desmond. And like I said, with my first birth, it was so off the rails. And <laughs> did you know you were going to have a C-section? Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. okay. So I worked through it. Therapy, a lot of soul searching, and then a lot of like really just talking through the back and forth. And I decided that in a weird way, reclaiming my power was gonna be to decide I was having a C-section mm -hmm. rather than have it thrown on me yeah. later. Which, hey, I'm a control freak, so that's probably whatever. But I went through a lot with it. And then I loved my OB. She was my surgeon, of course. She was just the best. I mean, we had a whole, it was a full female team. I had a good friend come and doula my C-section, which we had oils and crystals and Paul Simon playing. And it was so redeeming that like, yeah, I got to do this something in a way that felt non chaotic. And just like, I mean, Desmond was pissed because he wanted to stay in there two weeks longer. I'm sure and he had his own plans, but he's, I think he's forgiven me. <laughs> so tell me about the healing of that and the diagnosis of, um, okay. Yeah. And hopefully this is helpful to somebody. I always want this to be universal because otherwise it's just me jumping up my own belly button. Um, so with Desmond, plan C-section, really redemptive birth, really great recovery again. Um, diastasis with both my kids, which is really common. And I, I don't know that there's anything you can do to avoid it. I think it's kind of hereditary, but I have like, still have a whole like three finger gap in my abs. Um, both my babies were big. They were over, they were almost nine pounds each. Desmond, Desmond sat in there like a rock. Like I could, by the end of that pregnancy, maybe the last two months, I'd be like, okay, well you can go to the store and go grocery shopping, or you can go for a walk, but you can't do both. Mm -hmm. Like he just sat real heavy in my pelvis. Like he's a hunk. Um, so he was a lot more strain on my hips and my body in general. So recovering from him, even though it was a way less traumatic birth, was so much harder. Mm -hmm. So much harder. Like I said, I'm still trying to put the pieces back together. Like, I don't know what he was doing in there, but <laughs> he blew this. He blew the show out. Um, also, I was older, four mm -hmm. years older. Um, so anyway, recovering from him was tough. I had some time off 
I work for Athletes for Yoga and just big shout out to her. She put her money where her mouth was. She paid me for a maternity leave, even though I'm freelance for her. I'm not on her payroll. I'm a contractor. So it was also like felt okay because of course I covered my own maternity leave. Like I scheduled everything out. I covered the whole three months. Um, um, But yeah, the recovery from Desmond was a lot harder emotionally and physically. Um, Breastfeeding him one thing that I'd never heard about, but that became more apparent with him than it was with Penelope is that I had something called Deemer. I'm trying to think of it's. So a lot of women, I guess, when they're breastfeeding have like a sense of euphoria when the milk releases, Mm -hmm. I had the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. When the milk would release, I would feel impending dread, doom. I mean, I mean really low low I would just right. be like Ugh. it felt like the whole earth was dropping through the core of the universe like I'm so down and then it would level out and I'd be like what the fuck like and finally one day someone put an Instagram post up and was like I have Deemer or whatever it's called and I was like oh my god I had that and it just made it so much better and I knew you know okay you're gonna get really low when the milk drops and then you're gonna be okay the world's not ending you're not insane (laughs) um but yeah I had postpartum anxiety um I remember a particular fight with my husband who's um if I'm keyed up he's 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 very stable which was very good for us for a long time but can be very isolating feeling when you're kind of like way up here and you're like everything's going wrong and the person's just like it's fine you're like but it's not fine I just I remember losing at him and um, just really losing it in a way that I almost didn't recognize it myself where I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yes, you can be angry, but that was like a level. That was something that we need to, we need to check in on. That was a lot. That was too much. Um, so I remember going to my OB and she was just like, hey, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but I also know that you don't want to feel like that in your way up. You got to come down. So she got the Zola prescription and I didn't take it for two whole months because I didn't think, I thought I could muscle through it and that it was, I was weak, blah, 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 until I was at my breastfeeding lactation woman for the third time in probably two weeks. And she was like, have you filled your Zola? Because I don't think your baby has a latch problem, but I think you might have a little bit of anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I've been coming to this woman like everything's going wrong. And she's like, It's good. all good. You're good, but you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> right. But she said it in a nice way. And I just remember, yeah, I left that appointment and my husband was had been with was with me in that appointment. I burst into tears in the parking lot. And I was like, I know I need to start medication. I'm just afraid. And he was like, It's okay. And like it was a good moment for us. Like, and I did start it and it made it just took me. My personality wasn't dulled. I didn't become a robot. I just, if I had been drowning under this level, it just brought my eyes and my nose above the water to like be able to live in a better way. So I know that like, I've been sick before where you're just so used to being sick that you don't realize Mm -hmm. how sick you felt until you feel better. Right. Like you yeah. have no more reference point. So it, yes, I'm yeah. guessing that that's how you felt like, oh my gosh, Your I didn't realize. is so right. low. Right. You're like, this is normal and this is fine. And then you get to like even one 
hint above that baseline, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And I, I'm very aware of that, that feeling where you're like, I did not know how bad I felt mm-hmm. until I didn't feel bad anymore. So mm-hmm. you, you did that. And I'm, I'm very respectful to your marriage and that situation. So share whatever mm-hmm. you feel comfortable with. Um, Desmond's how old now? He's almost four. He's four yeah. in June. Yeah. So in the four years, have you stayed on Zoloff? You you weaned what's going on with your athletics. So bridge that gap, yeah. that four-year gap for me. Mm. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Well, after Penelope, really quickly, like just to, we moved from Seattle to Tacoma. We bought our first house because Seattle had squeezed us and many people out. Holy it's very, the prices went way up there. Um, so we moved a little south to Tacoma and I'm obsessed with Tacoma. I will never leave. I love it so much unless it becomes Seattle and then I'm out of here. Um, God bless you, Seattle. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, we moved to Tacoma. We bought a little ranch, rambler house, tiny, 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 <laughs> walk right into the whole thing, plug in the vacuum cleaner. You can do the whole house without moving it and loved it. Great little place. When Desmond was like not even a year old, I staged the shit out of that house, got a realtor and moved us into a bigger house with obviously a dual income family, but like really busted my booty because my husband was still commuting to Seattle. So I was very alone, I guess is the other point of he, he, he would leave at six in the morning to go to Seattle. He'd be back right around as I was putting dinner on the table. So I know it's a very common story. I was still working for myself. I had four clients, um, very little child care, and was just like hustling. So running really fell off the back end of that for sure. Still did it. Still, and I always am like, it's not therapy. But running is very therapeutic and really did keep me out of some dark places for sure. Um, so now we're in our, our house across town absolute ideal whatever cute little neighborhood funky house but great great house um and Desmond's almost four I mean I don't know the gap really it was just for running I'm definitely trying to get competitive again Mm -hmm. I am trying to find the play in it again and I think that came that was something that was that helped me to make the trials and it helped me enjoy all of the things that came afterwards was this, this playground feeling. It's a really, it's a place. It's a really special place to have to go. It feels like a physical destination, like going running. It's like, you're just leaving behind again, problems with no end. And mm-hmm. there's these edges to it. Just like it felt like when I sat down at work of like, okay, well, we're going to run these paces and we're headed for this race. It's very, this linear thing that in a, in a life that feels like jello <laughs> with no edges or whatever, it's like running is this really, um, yeah, it just has a, it has a beginning and an end. It has whatever, these little things that really help ease, ease my anxiety. The Zoloft journey, I was on it for a good long time with Des. Um, and eventually, and I don't say this in any way to, to inhibit someone from starting it, but around two years or 18 months, I started to not be able to cry. 
I'd like mm. feel like I needed to cry and like I called it Christipation. I was just like, I really just want to like cry right now and I can't. <laughs> um, and that's when I just, I, I cut down and then I eventually went off it for a while. My depression did come back and I did go back onto it for another nine month period or year period. So that's another thing. If, if a mom, and I, I'm telling you, I've talked three women into just starting their Zoloft within the last two months. Mm-hmm. is that you're afraid you're going to have to be on it forever or that it's going to change your personality because I was really afraid of those things and you don't have to be on it forever you can get on it and off it and it's not an American like pop a pill and don't deal with the problem it's like it's only going to bring you up to a baseline where you can address some of the problems and mm-hmm. yeah anyway I um I'm off it currently and I also um and I wasn't a huge drinker, but I got completely sober in the last year. And that's helped my mental health a lot. I really didn't want it to make a difference. But even mm-hmm. moderate drinking was like pulling me down. It was just yeah. with my mental sensitivities. It was like, it's just not worth it. It's a depressant. So that's been really helpful. Um, so yeah, I think like the journey on mental health there has been sobriety has saved me some money on Zoloft but yeah I'm never afraid to pull the trigger again in fact lately I've just I'm going through um we did separate going through a divorce and like it's manifesting in that way of like how do you make simple decisions when your whole life is kind of big decisions um so yeah that was rambly no it was good packed with weird change and so much behind the scenes change. I think my life used to be very public and very like peaks and valleys. And I talked about it all And the last four years have been a lot of personal growth and a lot of really, really personal um, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you addressed the Zoloft as something you can get on and off and it's not, it may be triggered and heightened from the pregnancy and delivery for sure. But like four years out, don't overlook that as something that's a continuation, right? Pregnancy and childbirth aren't the only triggers. They are a big trigger. I mean, if you want to know what issues you have, have a baby because they're oh yeah, oh yeah, right? Yes. Uh, So I want older kids like show you so much of like the, and I know this term sounds so woo woo, but your older kids show you like inner child work that you haven't done. Like I'm so triggered by Penelope's disorganization and inability to get out the door because guess what? I'm really disorganized and it triggers it in me because I'm just like, I don't like that about myself. So I don't like that about you. It's like, yeah, kids, it's very, God, it's the growth journey of having children is huge for sure. I I think something that like almost never gets talked about is one of the most difficult things I know for me as a parent is that you want to do such a great job as a mom, but you're still creating your own story while you're molding the story of your children. And, you know, your kids of course don't realize that and that until they come become a lot older. And it's a conversation I've had with several of them. Like, look, not only am I a super imperfect person with, and I don't think there should be a manual for parenting because every kid and parent and situation is different, but like with no instruction manual, like nothing where it's a wing and a prayer being a parent, the most, the thing that you feel is the most important and vital 
that I love the most. I, ha I have like no guidelines here and I'm still trying to navigate my own story mm -hmm. while I'm helping you create yours. And like, it's mm -hmm. a really, really, and again, until you're doing it, it wouldn't make sense to the pregnant mom out there. Who's like, it's going to be beautiful and wonderful. And my kids will be my best friends. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you have no clue because it's so normal for us to feel triggered by our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. I sometimes am just like there's some days where I think I'm going for maybe a step above this, but a lot of days I feel deeply that I'm just mitigating damage. Like I'm just yeah. trying not to yeah. do any more further damage with my own shit that I'm carrying around that day. Because it is true. You're simultaneously growing up because we're never finished growing up. Right. And then you're trying to guide this little stranger. It happens to be your offspring or adopt, you know, chosen offspring or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's just a whole thing. And at the end of the day, you're just trying not to do damage. I'm just like love over fear. Don't do damage. When you do damage, try to go repair it ASAP. And it's like, that's yeah. the best I can do. Nobody right. prepare me for a seven-year-old. Damn, those things are. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's all about the pregnancy and delivery. And then wait, like it just, it. And it doesn't get easier, yeah. but it gets different, you know. Different. Tell and I like that. <laughs> I do too. Thank goodness. I like, like a new challenge. But if you're someone who's like, I don't like new challenges that are constantly changing, child rearing might not be for you. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> or you alert. Get some help. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's wrap up and talk about what you do for work so people can find you. So jump in on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So for work, it's so funny. I've like it started nuclear, like copywriting is my true love. I'm obsessed with writing copy. I love moving words around. I love obsessing over which word to use in a sentence. So I'm actually like pursuing more copywriting. I'm doing some, I've uh, done freelance work for Walmart, Shopify, Nordstrom um, in copy concept, script writing, and some art direction. Um, and then I also have been helping a lot of brands with social media and just like the ins and outs of getting in front of people and in an ever-changing Instagram world, which by the way, get, get your mailing list going because Instagram, who knows where it's going, it's just going to hell. No, um, yeah, I do a lot of just basically everything digital marketing and much like child rearing, I like it because it never stays the same. What worked yesterday doesn't work today, but the basic concepting always works. A good storyline and yeah, good good content, but the rules are always changing and the obstacles are always a little different. So all um, of your links website, are available too. So go yeah, ahead. You have two. My, yeah. That Sarah Mac is my that Sarahmac.com is my business uh, address and you can reach out to me there. I do free consultations. And then my I'm trying again, um, personal writing is that's writing.com and my my um defunct running blog which might ever come back is the running starfish blog i think i'll try to oh sorry. i forgot about that i did Girl. follow that yeah i had to rebuy my url just to like keep it going keep it live up there because it's so fun to go back i mean for me mm -hmm. i don't think anybody else except for one of my my most read posts is like some kind of like breastfeeding or no sorry it's marginal cord with penelope the cord was off the placenta wrong and I still get people emailing me about that because they're wow. they're they're doom googling oh no I have marginal cord and my blog comes up so 
Sarah, funny. thank you so much for sharing your story. It's a tough story. I'm really, really thankful you're willing to put it out there. Oh, God. I hope anything will be a lifeline to anybody else. And I wish you and I could catch up more because I'm like, ah, <laughs> let's right. please get a personal date. When would that ever yes. happen? But thank you so much for having me. Bye.